Hello, 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 hello. Podcast. We are coming at you with another edition of What's the Word? We talk about a biblical word and we break down its significance. Um, the word this week is Nahash. Am I saying that right? Uh, could you that is a Hebrew word. Nahash. Is the Nahash. Word. Nahash. Okay, well, we were... Nahash is the other one we're going to talk about. We were about. talking about uh, two different words, and then I got them mixed up in my head. And, uh, yeah, so we're talking about Nahash. Get it right. So, yeah, before we get into that, how are you, Jim? We I'm should. Good, Paul. We, how are you doing, buddy? We should talk. You know, we should do this more at the beginning of our episodes where we, we should talk and we have some report. Well, that's yeah. good. I'm glad you, you've you been having a good day. Yeah, so far, so good. Very blessed. Sounds like the... Well, I, I, you know, I've been uh, doing pretty well so far. Had a meeting this morning that was productive, and good. now doing this podcast. So yeah. very cool. Sounds like uh, you had a good day too. Yep, went to martial arts class. And Instructor went easy on you. Yep. Yeah. All yes. right. Well, let's talk about snakes then. Okay. So uh, in Genesis three, we have the appearance of what I'm going to call a a shadowy figure in the in the context of Genesis, mm-hmm. which uh, often gets translates get, often gets translated snake or serpent, uh, but the word there is uh, nahash, and uh, you're going to talk a little bit about what that word means. Yeah, I mean when you when you meet the nahash, the serpent there in chapter three, he's I guess is, he the, is that antagonist? Is that right? Oh yeah, he's the yeah, first bad that's guy. Bad guy. Right? Yeah. Yep. he's the antagonist and introduced to the story here. And, of course, you know, obviously you got the, the prologue in chapter one, you got the introduction of humanity creation there in chapter two. Chapter three is is how the narrative moves along. And then and then the hush, the serpent, uh obviously we know that that that's a figure that's that's the adversary. And anyway, the, the word's neat because um you know it means what it means. I am looking here in, in Bayer's my phone turned back on. Uh Nahash just means a serpent, a snake. It can be an image of or the mythological fleeing serpent, which some would say maybe that's like the winged serpent. And maybe that's where the concept of the dragon comes from. You have that. Anyway, it's, it's a neat word because, you know, obviously there's a lot of discussion and debate about was this an actual literal snake or is this more like a symbolic snake or something like that? But Nahash is a interesting word in Hebrew. We see it a lot. Ron's Nahash. Yeah, it comes back in Exodus and in all kinds of places. You know, snake imagery, any kind of animal imagery is important in the Bible. There's always ideas attached to different kinds of animals. But like uh, the snake imagery is is always going to be significant. It's definitely significant in Exodus. Um, Jesus brings it back up and compares himself to that snake that's lifted up in the wilderness. Um so uh, it ties directly in with Jesus and with the New Testament. It goes all the way back to Genesis 3. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. People do debate about what the nature of this creature is. And I've had people literally, I've heard people argue straight up that it's just a snake. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, to me, whatever the whatever the Nahash is, and I have my own ideas about it, but in the context of Genesis 3, it doesn't even seem useful to even get into it. Right, and that's kind of where I fall on, is that I wasn't there, so I'm not an eyewitness. Yeah. All we have is Genesis 3. What, whatever it was, it could have very well appeared 
snake-like in some in one way or another, and maybe that's one of the reasons for the use of the word. But it's not the only reason, if that's the case, uh, because the the idea of snakes and serpents and their association with deception and with lying uh, keeps coming up consistently through the scripture. So it seems like there's something being communicated with that word. I think so. There's something I can't remember who, um, whose material I read, but somewhere along the lines I read and, and that, and this is true, the word Nahash, which is translated serpent or snake, is is in the same word family as Nahash, which means, and if you look through, so I did exactly right, Nahash means to practice divination, to divine, observe signs, learn by experience, diligently observe, practice fortune telling, or take as an omen. So in other words, a, a Nahash, or a Nahasher, we might say, just we take a liberty, is one who speaks or communicates to the divine or the supernatural realm. And I think there's a little bit of a play on words going here. Nahash, Nahash, and they sound different to us, but in Hebrew, they're, they're just first cousins. They're like their sibling words. You would almost like that they have the same consonants, the same consonant grouping. And so I think what we have here is a little bit of a play here. So, I, and there's another word, nohesh, which means to hiss. Mm. So nahash, nohesh, nahash, all these different words, they all sound the same. And they all have the same idea of a diviner who hisses an omen would be like a snake. And it all just kind of plays in grammatically there in the language. It's kind of interesting. And I think it's it's a connection with like low things as well, right? I mean, yeah. snakes can crawl along the ground and they hiss. Yeah. Um, and then there's this idea that comes up throughout the Torah and throughout the prophets too, that um, specifically divination and omens connected through connected to um, pagan deities. You could call them. Uh, you know, false gods or created beings or whatever you conceive of those, you know, false gods in the Old Testament, uh, divination for them, prophesying for them, omens for them, that's all condemned in the Hebrew scriptures. Now, it's it gets a little bit hairy and confusing because there are clear, like, technically speaking, divination practices that the Israelites are allowed to practice and given instructions on practicing like the Urim and Thurim and and things like that. But there were also clearly specific um, classes of those kinds of activities that were strongly prohibited. Right. Um, so I think it, this goes all the way back to Genesis 3. It does. And, and it, like I said, it's an interesting word. It's a simple word. It just means a serpent. But it's it's meant to be tied throughout the Bible. When you see this serpent, if you believe it's a C.S. Lewis type talking snake line, I, it just doesn't matter to me. Whoever, whatever... Obviously, it's the adversary because we're, we were reintroduced to him. He comes back in, in Revelation 20. We're told it's the, the devil, the Satan, um, the ancient serpent, the dragon, all these terms. The adversary has us right back to the Nahash. And so, if you want to hold to an actual slithering talking snake, fine. It doesn't matter to me what form he was in. It, 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 it's interesting to me. Eve doesn't scream or freak out or get scared from walking up on a talking snake. It, to me, it strikes me that maybe this was something she was just had a conversation with. So maybe it took the form of something more familiar, less of a talking snake, and maybe more of a godlike form, because God would walk in the garden. Again, I think those are, are evidences for something other than a talking snake. But again, it doesn't change the story. 
you have the the antagonist as the serpent he's all the way through and that image is real important for you oh yeah i mean we've kind of been i guess beating around this bush the whole time we've been talking about this word but to me and this is just my opinion so you know it's my opinion take it for what it's worth but um it, you know i think that to you know the the whoever the nahash is will say he is tied in throughout the rest of the bible with the powers of darkness and ultimately with what you know the one we you know as christians will call satan or the adversary or the devil or all these uh terms that we find in the new testament um you know to me I don't, some people really resist, you know, making all those connections, even though they're, they're pretty clearly there to make, I think. But I also understand the direct context to Genesis 3 doesn't say anything about any of that stuff that comes later. So best to leave it out. But I mean, to me, it's clear that this is sort of the beginning of uh, an ongoing divine rebellion uh, that is... Uh, well, maybe not the beginning of the rebellion itself, but certainly the beginning of the rebellion as it relates to humans. And you see that story carried all the way through Revelation. It's no, no doubt a lot of theories, ideas, and wild teachings and doctrines have been proposed out there about who was the devil at this point, whether he was fallen or evil, all that type of stuff. And I think there's a lot of room for, for discussion on that. I think you've got to be careful what you find and say is absolutely because we're just not given all of those. But this this character, this individual, this being, plays the role of the one who, who rebels against God's created order. He brings chaos back into that which the Lord has just ordered in the serpent. I had a pet snake years ago. As far as pets go, they're decent pets. They're quiet. They don't smell bad. They're pretty easy. But it's still a snake. And across the world, snakes are nasty, icky, bad, scary, whatever. And and I think this is why we find that root of it. Well, and I guess like just before we we end this to sort of make the connections between the snake in Genesis three, uh, divination practices that were bad uh, later, and then ultimately, uh, you know, Satan's status, be he a divine being or or not, um, it, it, state, Satan's function in Genesis three, and in every time you see that word Satan, which means accuser, is to accuse both man and god right so in genesis 3 satan um uh, accuses god and basically says well god yeah god said that but here's this other thing he doesn't exactly say that god is uh, is wrong if you pay attention uh but he he says that they will not surely die um so uh it it's very similar to uh i guess you know the the divination practices of the pagan cultures around Israel in that a lot of times throughout Israel's history, the temptation for them will be to incorporate those other religious traditions that serve other gods into their service of Yahweh, uh, which leads to this moment of deliberation like we see Eve having between what Yahweh has told her, or what Yahweh has told her through Adam, and then what uh, this other entity that seems to have power of its own, although nothing has power outside of Yahweh's power. Um, but this entity, to which to humanize, seems to be powerful in and of itself, telling you this other thing. And what are you going to choose? Um, are you going to choose what's what's been revealed to you by Yahweh? Or are you going to try to make your own way? 
Um, and often that making your own way is in consort with these other powers. Yeah. Um, you said something that made me think about Revelation again with the, the adversary, the serpent, and Hosh, the devil, and Satan. And, and well, in fact, I'll actually read it here in Revelation 12. The great dragon was thrown out, that ancient serpent. Well, of course, that's a different word in Greek. Nahash, also known as the devil and Satan, the adversary, the deceiver of the whole world, was hurled down to the earth and his angels were hurled down with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now I have come God's victory, power, and kingship, and the authority of his Messiah, because the accuser of our brothers, that's what you're drawing to say here, he accuses them day and night before God has been thrown out. So his ability to bring accusation is no more. And that's, uh, he, yeah, from the very beginning he's doing that. Now he happens to move into that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's more that we could certainly say about uh, Satan, uh, or I guess specifically the the snake in the context of Genesis three. But it's probably better just to talk about uh, Genesis three. So uh, look for our episode on Genesis three on Friday. That will be dropping. I've been late with the uploads recently. Last couple weeks been uploading proper episodes on Saturday instead because things got away from me. Sorry about that. It should be on Friday this coming week. I'm saying to our 12 listeners, we got to try to pump this thing up. Uh, I was looking at the numbers the other day, and it's if it's more than 12, it ain't much more. Hey, man, Jesus only needed a dozen. I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a starting point. It's a starting point, although he did pick the 12 out of a bigger group of I'm I'm still doing this for the kids and Mark, so uh, yeah, that's why I've got that fresh on the brain. But yeah, we gotta pump this thing up. So if you are enjoying this podcast, tell your friends and family about it, and uh, if you're not, we'll try to make it better. So we'll see you next time on the Bible Bible Podcast. Stay busy.